0: Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves to continue our Mission Focus series, asking the question, what does mission focus mean to you? Joining us today is Michael Cole, a logistician working with the H-60 program. Michael, thank you for joining
1: us. Thank you for having me.
0: So today we're going to talk about the generational gap. But before we do that, I want to kind of hear about your background. How did you come to NAVAIR?
1: So I graduated college in 2013, and I worked at a contractor for two years, working in contracts there. And then I got hired into the NADP program, the Naval Acquisition Development Program, out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. And that's the three-year intern program here. So I came into contracts, and then I spent a year in contracts, and then I migrated to logistics. So I've been in logistics for about two and a half years now.
0: So obviously, a a younger member of our workforce. So when you think of the phrase mission focus, what does it mean to you?
1: Mission focus to me means asking the question, kind of why are we doing what we're doing at work every day? So to me, it's kind of knowing every project we work on or every task we have. What's the end reason? Why am I doing it type thing? And uh, I think all of us, at least in this industry, it's, it's to basically make the, the Navy more capable, able to be prepared when we need to be. So having that why in the back of your mind kind of helps you know you're not doing something for no reason or that there's, a, there's an end goal that helps somebody at the end of it.
0: I think why is certainly an important question to ask. So how can we reinforce and encourage mission focus?
1: For me, fleet engagement was very big. So when I came to PMA 299, which is where I work currently, they were big on implementing fleet practices and just getting you kind of exposed to to those people who are receiving their end product of what you're doing. So they sat me in, in an area with a lot of military personnel and uh, something as simple as a, a trip to VX1 just to look at an aircraft, because having never been in the military, seeing a helicopter and being able to actually get in one and look around was, was very big. So that helped me go back to my desk and know that the supply problems I'm tackling actually have a result uh, in the fleet.
0: Can you give us an example of mission focus in practice?
1: In my office right now there's a part that we have a very long lead time on and that's hurting the fleet in terms of being able to send this system back out for use. So having a very long lead time on a part is problematic. So we basically found a way to use additive manufacturing here at Airworks to print this part and turn uh, a lead time that is multiple years into just a few days. Getting that additive manufacturing part out to the fleet can have an impact in terms of having sufficient anti-submarine warfare capability in Atsugi or not. So something so small and so, so cheap in, in the grand scheme of things has a very large impact. So working that was a very real mission-focused project.
0: Not only are you a younger member of the workforce, but you don't come from a military background. Right. Tell me about the value, particularly for you, of learning from others in the organization.
1: Navair has obviously been around for a very long time, so I think the people that are walking the halls of Navair might be the biggest asset we have, just because there's so much experience around there. So, learning from them when you come from no military background, from a military family, but having never been in the military, it's it's hard to know the needs and the desires of the the fleet themselves. So, I think. Learning to leverage off the experience that is here is is absolutely crucial in terms of not only just career growth for a young employee, but also just to get everything the fleet needs out to them quickly and efficiently. So learning from them and learning from the experience you have at your disposal is is very important.
0: I love your comment about people being one of our greatest assets. Mm -hmm. As a multi-generational workforce, what can we learn from each other? And why is it even more important that we have a willingness to learn?
1: NAVAIR has a very clear generational gap that's talked about at all the all hands. We want to try and bridge that gap so we work cohesively together. So I think both more experienced generations and younger generations can do things to kind of make that mending very easy. And younger generation, it's, it's learning to listen. I think listening is a very important skill to have that is not inherent it's not just known by everybody, you have to work at it. So learning to listen to people who've who've been doing the job for a long time and and have the experience to know what is right, what is wrong, what's the standard practice, what isn't, at least in my experience, listening has been a very large part of my job and just kind of learning from those around me is is very huge. And then for the more experienced generation, I think it's it's learning to see what the younger generation has at their disposal and it's efficiency. I think the, the millennials that kind of have a Sometimes a negative connotation, uh, there's a lot of uh, efficiency in there, there's a lot of desire, and, and, and very quick to learn, I think, uh, when given the right opportunities.
0: So in addition to the experience that these more veteran members of the workforce have to offer, as a millennial, what do you hope to learn from them or what do you hope to gain from them?
1: I think the more experienced folks have a lot of, largely just wisdom to offer us from not having been in, a working role for too, too long, five years is nothing in the grand scheme of things from somebody who's been working for 30 years. So I think you could even take the nav air portion out of it and just say somebody who's been doing a job for 30 years has a lot more wisdom than I do in terms of working with people, working with teams, and how to basically manage a professional relationship with anybody, I think. And then you can kind of insert the nav air portion of that and say, how does that apply to this industry? But I think talking with somebody who's been doing something for so long, there's a lot of wisdom there that I think is important to tap into that we just simply don't have.
0: Now that leadership wants to empower people to think critically and to try new approaches, how do we prepare our employees, particularly the younger members of the workforce, to, to make decisions, move the mission forward and go fast?
1: I think the key word there is empower. Empowering the young employees kind of breeds critical thinking. I don't really think you can have one without the other too well. So if you empower somebody, it kind of gives them the ability to to use critical thinking. Whereas if they're micromanaged, you don't really have any room for critical thinking. Bringing the decision making to those that are at the working level, I think, can speed things up quite a bit because if leadership is constantly involved in every decision making, not only is that a waste of their time, but it kind of doesn't really encourage critical thinking and, and that can kind of speed the process up quite a bit.
0: I think that's a that's a very interesting way to look at <laughs> things. You've got to force people yeah. to think critically, right? right? So do you feel empowered to make decisions? And how has your leadership enabled you to do so?
1: I'm definitely empowered. Coming in through the NADP program, I rotated to several different offices, which was an excellent experience and uh, allowed me to see not only just different offices within NAVAIR, but it allowed me to see so many different management styles, so many different team environments, to kind of find out where I fit and what, what role fits with me. And when I got to PMA 299, the logistics team there, the, the leads there, have been extremely helpful in growing their, their younger employees. So they put us in a basically a shared workspace with, I sat right next to a, a senior chief, uh, a chief, Lieutenant Commander, and they kind of throw you into this for a little while, and then put you in an actual role. So that forced me to uh, reach out to the experienced folks that I sit with in terms of getting problems solved or things I just simply haven't experienced yet, and these people have. So I leaned a lot on my team. I was surrounded by a lot of very capable people, and that then empowered me to to do my job and learn through trial and error. But but to be given the responsibility to do that is what I think made me. Thrive in that environment a little more than I would have if I was simply just more of an, an assistant role or a supportive role that, that is typical of a younger person. If you come into my office, you'll see a lot of young people doing the same thing. They put them in positions that are full-on responsible positions that, that require a lot of work and require a lot of diligence, and, and they're thriving in that.
0: Looking back at your experience so far, if you had the opportunity to, to sit in front of leadership mm-hmm. and, and give them your advice, and say, here's how you empower your employees, what tips would you give them?
1: I would say the, the, the typical read any business management book and it would kind of tell you don't micromanage. And that's hard because relinquishing control is not an easy task to do. So to trust that a younger employee would, would do something correctly is probably not that easy due to inexperience, but, but I think they're kind of learning. And, and we've seen it a lot in of my office where they, they put these young people in these roles and they're, they're just thriving and they're, they're giving them the responsibility and the basically the opportunity to prove that, that they can do this stuff.
0: How has mentorship played played into your career?
1: Mentorship is extremely important, and, and you'll hear different things on having one mentor you go to or multiple mentors. I've personally gone through the, the route of having just multiple mentors that I would call them as to, to go to, people that I've worked with before, acquaintances, friends, family, uh, that are all in this field. It's important, I think, to find somebody who's either able to be unbiased, even though they're, they're your superior, or find someone outside of the environment to, to do that with, but having a mentor kind of goes back to what we talked about, is just tapping into experience.
0: Earlier we talked about the wisdom that the veteran members of our workforce bring to the mix. As these veterans move towards retirement, why is an informational pass down so critical to the mission?
1: It saves time, it saves energy, it saves money, it saves potential for mistakes. So I think knowing your job and knowing the projects you have going on and and documenting them, find a way to efficiently document. What you're doing in, in, in projects or whatever program you may use, but it's important to have something that you could then turn over to somebody that comes in.
0: Speaking of knowing your job, earlier you talked about that fleet interaction that you've been able to have during your short career so far. How has that changed your perspective um, on the job at Navair?
1: When I switched from contracts into logistics, I was still in the intern program and in the APML at 299 put me in what they call their readiness cell, which is a a shared workspace of uh, essentially almost all active duty military. So I was right next to a, a chief, a senior chief, a lieutenant commander, and then a retired chief. So having no military experience whatsoever, that was an extremely efficient way to give me fleet perspective on things. So I had a notebook that I filled up with notes and kind of read it in my spare time and asked a ton of questions. So having the interaction with these people from the fleet uh, allowed me to kind of apply the way they see things to the job, which is very important because if you are doing a job for the military and you've never been in the military, it's not necessarily a problem. It's just, it just it, it helps quite a bit to have somebody who's going to see the results of what you're doing when they leave NAVAIR and go back to the fleet. So uh, fleet interaction on, on that side has been extremely important, working side by side with active duty military. Uh, has been invaluable. I've visited the FRCs and and seen repair lines and talked to the technicians that are doing repairs and talked to the depot level artisans and and kind of seen what they're doing the struggles they're facing so that when I get back to my desk and I'm working on a a part like I told you about earlier uh, something so small but but it's causing them to not be able to do their job so solving one supply problem could could make a huge difference to the technicians or creating one piece of support equipment that solves a major problem they're dealing with can can have big impact. So fleet interaction has been huge in uh, just kind of keeping you on that mission focused uh, mindset.
0: It's very important. So finally, some advice. What can a young person do to grow in the organization? Then I want you to tackle it from the other side. What can veterans do to prepare the next generation to achieve the mission?
1: Instead of viewing the age gap as a problem, I think we need to start looking at it more as a, a tool and learn how to how to use that tool uh, to gain the experience from from the, the older generation and, and apply it to the younger generation so that we can kind of bring that gap together. The younger generation, I would say, the best trait to have is, is learn to listen uh, and ask why. In terms of getting to an end goal, I think why is an excellent question to ask often why do we need this process? And a lot of times you, you take somebody who's been doing this for 30 years and it's hard for them to get out of the mindset of, well, it's been that way for 30 years. Of course we have to do it that way. I think that's one trait that the younger group has at their disposal is, is efficiency, like I talked about earlier in saying, do we really need this process? And the answer might be yes. But it also might be no, and that could cut out four months of your timeline, that now you can help the fleet in the end faster. But there is a time and a place for why. So if you're getting a data call from your superior, they need it to report to somebody. So it's not the time to ask, why do I need to do this? It's, it's you, you do the data call and, and move forward. The best advice I would say for the more experienced generation is to give the younger folks responsibility. We've heard a lot that it takes a long time to train younger people or it takes years to get to the point where they're usable, but that's not the case if you, if you give them responsibility and, and hold them accountable for those things that they're responsible for. When if you kind of throw them into the mix, it'll, it'll definitely make them either thrive or they'll find a different position that might be better fitting for them. But I think it gets everyone to that end goal of having people do their job well a lot faster than, than not. We can utilize the age gap by merging the inexperience and the experience together, and that kind of brings you back to that that mission-focused goal by utilizing everyone that that works here.
0: So work together, learn from each other, and be willing to share that information and wisdom through the generations. Thank you so much for joining us. That's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.